Let's talk about a struggle many of us know all too well, losing weight. Remember those days when everyone was on a juice cleanse or just basically hangry all the time? That was no fun for anyone. Well, there's a better, more sustainable way to shed those pounds. Today, I want to introduce you to Row Body. It's not your typical weight loss program. Instead of all the gimmicks, they offer access to the most popular weight loss shots on the market. But here's the real deal. They pair these shots with simple lifestyle changes, helping you lose 15 to 20% of your weight in a year on average and actually keep it off. Plus, over 200,000 people have already seen results with Robody. So what sets Robody apart? The support. They handle all the insurance stuff for you and give you access to a provider whenever you need them. And the best part, you can sign up online from home, no doctor's appointments and no waiting rooms. Say goodbye to those days of hangry juice cleanses. With Robody, losing weight is straightforward and sustainable. Take that first step today and say hello to a healthier, happier you. Kickstart your weight loss journey the right way and head to ro.co slash I do. That's ro.co slash I-D-O. Sign up today for just $99 for your first month and $145 a month after that. Remember, medication costs are separate. That's row.co slash I do. Hey, Love Tribe. Today's episode is brought to you by one of my personal favorites, Cozy Earth. They've got something special for all the mothers out there. So anyone who wants to shower the special woman in their lives with love and the comfort they deserve, listen up. Hands down, Cozy Earth has the best sheets, bedding, pajama sets, and more. So today, I'm excited to share that Relationship Advice listeners get an exclusive 35% off discount. Simply go to CozyEarth.com and use the promo code I do at checkout. The first time I tried their bamboo sheets, I was blown away. The comfort level is insane. I just love slipping into their seriously soft and cool sheets after a long day. And for a mom who knows that the struggle of sleep deprivation is real. Cozy Earth's temperature regulating technology has been a lifesaver. No more waking up sweating or freezing. But what really sold me is the quality of the bamboo sheets. They are by far the most comfortable sheets I have ever slept in. They are made to last years, which they have. I think at this point, I have about six sets of them. And they have a 100-night sleep free trial and a 10-year warranty. So you know you're getting something that is going to stick around. So if you're ready to prioritize your sleep health and treat yourself or the mom in your life to the luxury she deserves, head on over to CozyEarth.com and use the promo code I do for an exclusive 35% off because every mom deserves a good night's sleep. And with Cozy Earth, you can finally get the rest you need. Hello, Love Tribe. Welcome to I Do Podcast, where we interview the world's leading relationship, marriage, dating, and self-help experts. 
If you're single, dating, married, or struggling in a relationship, we are here to help give you the tools to succeed. If this is your first time joining us, or if you've listened to us before, thanks so much for the support. You probably noticed if you've listened before, or you've definitely noticed we have a new intro song. The old one was cool, but it was a little intense and a little upbeat kind of techno music. And we had that produced by like a third party website that helps, uh, you know, produce podcast intros. The new one is actually from a band called The Hip Abduction that we are friends with a few of the members of the band. They're from St. Pete, Florida. And they have a really fun and cool sound. So I hope you like that intro. On the outro at the end of today's podcast, we're going to play the full song so you can hear the full song from the intro. The song's called Crazy. It's from their album Gold Under the Glow. And that's the band The Hip Abduction. So that's our new intro. And we are happy to have them playing in the tunes for us. On today's show, we're excited to bring you David Essel, and we get down and talk about dating and how to set yourself up for success in dating life. One of the important things to understand are understand your values. When you're going into a relationship, you want to understand what are your deal killers? What are the things that you are just not willing to accept in a partner so that when you're going, you're looking for someone or maybe you're dating? If they have one of these deal killers, you either need to not start dating them or if you're already in the relationship, you need to really consider what you're doing and the fact that it may not be the right relationship for you long term. You also want to listen for David's machete dating advice. What is that? You want to cut through the jungle with a machete, like you're cutting through the, the dating pool. You're eliminating all these people that don't fit with your relationship values. So definitely like that analogy, a little bit violent, but <laughs> machete dating advice. Cut through all the BS and find the right type of person so that you can have a long-term healthy relationship. And as always, we appreciate the support that you give us. You can do so on Amazon.com. All the links are on our website and the podcast description, as well as audibletrial.com forward slash I do podcast and patreon.com forward slash I do podcast. We really appreciate the support, you guys, and we hope you enjoy the episode. Hey, David, thanks for joining us on the show today. Uh, Sarah, Chase, great to be with you guys. David is a business, relationship, and success coach, TV radio host, author of nine books, and inspirational speaker. He has helped thousands of people from around the world achieve their greatest goals in every area of life, from increasing their income to freedom from addictions, preparation for deep love, repairing relationships, and more. We've given our listeners just a little overview, so take a minute, tell us about yourself and why you enjoy helping people improve their relationships. Oh my gosh, you know, relationships are so important and they're really the driver of life for many people. I, I, it's been 30 years, guys, since I got into the world of counseling and coaching. I, I do it from both angles. I've married the world of counseling with the world of coaching. And, you know, they can be very different. But when you put them together, I think it's it, it's the best of all worlds. And what we've been doing for that period of time is helping people get really clear on what they want, what works, what doesn't work. And, you know, in our society, there's a lot of pressure, especially on women, to be in love, to be in relationship. And so we see a lot of people 
people, a lot of our clients over 30 years that are jumping from one bad relationship to the next, or, you know, they get so damaged and hurt by past relationships that they take time out that goes on for years. So our goal is really to help people get clear, get, get focused on what is it that really works for you. And, and we'll talk about something we created about 10 years ago, this 3% rule of dating that, that helps you think about something even more important, Sarah and Chase, um, than just compatibility. There are so many books and programs out there saying, you know, let's let's focus on what you want and let's create a vision board and let's do affirmations, but they're missing a huge piece of the pie, which is what we're going to cover today. Awesome. Well, we look forward to diving into that. And, you know, 30 years of experience, that's, that's amazing. That's, there's a lot of knowledge in there. Yeah, well, you know, it's kind of funny, too, to think about 30 years. Whenever I say it, I go, oh, my God, really? You're, you're that old? <laughs> you know? Dating I, yourself. Matter, yeah, really. You know, uh, um, just about six months ago, I went back and did the keynote address at the um, graduation uh, ceremonies for my university, Syracuse University in New York. And, you know, I was there 40 years ago. So to stand up in front of these college, you know, they're just about ready to graduate and to go, you know, 40 years ago, I was sitting in your seat. That's pretty freaky. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think think the knowledge in in relationships is timeless. So it can be applied today into college age or in older or younger. Oh, absolutely. And, and Sarah and Chase, you know, what's really interesting is that the way that we used to coach and counsel in relationships 30 years ago is not the way that we do it now. And unfortunately, there's a lot of people doing work that I do that still are hung up on these old principles going back 30 and 40 years ago. But time has changed and, and we need to really stay up with the times in regards to finding the right partner and being vulnerable and being open and, 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 you know, understanding that I love you is like 1% of a relationship. You know, we, we, we need to really catch up with the times in order to, to make what you guys have a reality for everyone else that wants it. Absolutely. And we really want to zoom in on, on what you mentioned, uh, the 3% rule in dating. Can you explain that and, and how that can help, uh, people in their relationships? Yeah, I think if there's anything that that your listeners can take away, I'm going to ask them to write this stuff down. Don't trust your brain because the way that we approach relationships, and I'm going to use my practice as an example. Even 20 years ago, I wasn't as clear as I am now about helping people to to find deep love and and to make sure they're in the relationship that's right for them. So we created this 3% rule and it says this, If you have 97% compatibility with someone, but that person carries one of your 3% deal killer rules, that relationship is doomed. And I don't care how much you love them. I don't care how much you've never felt so safe with someone and all these other wonderful things that happens within the first 14 days of a a relationship. You know, it's like within the first couple weeks, oh my God, I've never, you know, or, you know, it's either I've never felt this love or the other person saying you've never been loved the way I can love you. You know, that's all great. And it's part of it. We love that rush. You know, we love those, the release of the endorphins. But but what we want to talk about today is something that is equally as important, and that's the 3% rule says, what are your deal killers? What are the things, like even some people say, I don't even know what my deal killers are. Well, look at your past relationships. What hasn't worked? 
what are the similar patterns or traits that your broken relationships might have in common that won't work for you today. Now, you guys know um, Jenny McCarthy, the, the famous actress and TV host and radio host? Yeah. All right. So I was on her show last week. And as a matter of fact, I'm going up to New York to be in the studio with her in two weeks. And I brought this up. And she, all of a sudden, from out of the blue, guys, started sharing the errors that she made time after time after time again in her relationships that she never looked at as a pattern. But what she would do is that she would attract these guys with a lot of potential to change. <laughs> to change. <laughs> to change, right? So they had a lot of potential, and then there's this pause to change. And that might be part of one of your listeners or many of your listeners' 3% rule. You know, you're deal killers, that you attract people. In other words, you're the white knight. You're the white maiden. You know, like you see the potential in people. So you date someone for their potential to change. That's a deal killer because the odds of someone changing for you, first of all, is very small. But if they do change for you, they're going to resent you down the road. So, you know, I, I could even ask you, Sarah and Chase, before you guys met each other, can you think of patterns that you might have seen in previous relationships that didn't work that maybe you dated similar people that had those patterns moving forward? Mm. Can you think? Yeah. I mean, I, we found each other pretty early on in, in our dating, but I, I certainly can relate. And I'm sure a lot of our listeners, you know, are, are looking at themselves and saying, yeah, there's this negative pattern. But I personally, I was lucky enough not to uh, be involved in that. Oh, that's awesome. I mean, I was about to say the same thing. A lot of, you know, my past relationships I had before Chase, none of those characteristics that were in the, the negative relationship, Chase, they didn't affect Chase and his relationship. So I think we were kind of lucky on that end. <laughs> you guys are very lucky. You know what? What a lot of people see is that they, that, you know, like, let's say from a woman's perspective, that they're attracted to the bad boy. You know, they're attracted to someone who's emotionally unavailable. And so they're chasing, you know, like they, they, they may find someone that has money or a great body. And this can go both ways, men and women. You know, they'll, they'll, they'll find, but these people are not available. You know, either they're not available because they had some kind of really poor role models growing up. At, you know, mom and dad weren't great role models. And so, you know, there, there's a scale that we do that we teach people a scale of love one to ten. And, I, and I'll give you guys a story of this. So there, there's a guy that came in and I was working with and he couldn't understand. He was in his late 40s and his relationships were all based on saving women. So he would find women with a lot of great potential, but they all had one thing in common. And the thing they had in common is that they all came from really poor family values, really poor family role models. And so he was with this one woman while... I was working with him and he would do some really great things for her. And for four or five days, she would be the perfect partner. And then all of a sudden she would sabotage their relationship. She would get nervous and scared. And so then all of a sudden she'd disappear and she'd say, you know, I'm not going to be available for the next couple of days. And, and then, you know, he would quote unquote, find her again. And she'd be going, Oh, thanks for giving me the time off. Now I'm really ready to commit. And then she'd get scared down the road and she'd say, you know, I really need some time off. And so he came in going, what the heck is going on here? Well, what we found is that, you know, he he had women that he had dated in the past. Now, he was in his late 40s, so he had quite a few relationships, but they all had the same characteristic. They all came from family histories where 
the, the girls didn't have good role models in mom and dad, and they had never done the work to let that go. So they wanted to be saved, but they were afraid to commit. And that was his pattern. He was attracted to these women that had all kinds of potential. So when we cleared that up and he brought this girl in that he was dating at the time, and I you know, talked to her about her past and her background and all these kind of things. And she said, I have loved this guy sitting next to me more than I loved anyone else in my life. Now, Sarah and Chase, here's something interesting about that statement. When I went on to work with her individually, her love scale on a scale of one to 10, one being abusive love, and a lot of people are attracted to abusive love. They keep going to other partners that will emotionally or physically abuse them. That's a, a, still a scale of love, and that's a one. 10 would be unconditional love, which is almost unheard of in the human race. You may unconditionally love a partner if you're very fortunate and you have the fortitude and the strength. You may It'd be easier to unconditionally love a child or a dog. And, and I say that not kidding. You know, because because we're not taught what really unconditional love is, but there's a scale of one to ten. The healthiest love relationships outside of obviously a ten, which is almost unicorn like, are go from about a seven to a nine. Well, her love scale when I took her through this test that we do was a three. So she was loving him at the highest level possible in her mind. But when she would disappear, that was just part of her practice, like because her dad would disappear from her mom for days at a time. So she's just repeating what she saw as a little kid. Does this make sense? Mm, yeah, absolutely. You know, so her view of love, she was at a 10 in her mind. But because she kept disappearing and doing things to sabotage the relationship, it obviously wasn't a seven, eight or nine. And so when this was uncovered, well, the relationship ended and it should have ended. You know, she needed to go in and do a lot of work to move herself up the scale from a three to a five to a six to a seven. And he needed to start dating people that were already at a higher level. Wow. So so and let me go back to the three percent rule. So what we do is we have our clients write down, you know, what are deal killers for me? It could be someone who smokes. I don't care how much you love someone if they have a habit or drinks or does prescription drugs or street drugs or or maybe maybe you're dating someone who's an emotional spender. You know, I worked with a couple about a year ago where the woman continued to put them underneath the bus financially. And, you know, her belief system was you, you make money, you spend it, you have a great time. You only live once. Let's rock and roll. Well, that's not really good for a long term stable relationship. So for this guy, what he had seen was he had attracted several women that were emotional spenders. So for him, that ended up being a deal killer. For someone else, it, it could be I mentioned some substances. We had a couple I worked with where religion was a deal killer. You know, they loved each other and they really did. I worked with them for a number of months and oh, my Lord, were they in love. But when it came to raising kids, she was adamant that the children had to be raised in her religion he was adamant that they had to be raised in his religion and there was no crossover. Neither were ready to budge. So that became a deal killer for them. And that doesn't mean that another couple from two different religions couldn't figure out how to work it out and compromise. But for them, that was not in the, in the cards. So we have to know what doesn't work. And the only way to know what doesn't work is to create a list not worrying about who judges who. You know, another really interesting woman I worked with, uh, one of her deal killers was pornography. 
And, you know, she was dating a guy on the other coast. And he said, you know what, when I'm not with you, I need this release and blah, blah, blah. And she said, well, you know what, I feel a little skeptical of this, but let me go along with it. I love this guy. And then what she found was when they were together, if he got up earlier in the, in the morning or he stayed up later, that he was taking care of his own needs. And then when she would wake up, she, he would say, well, you know, let's wait a little longer. You know, I'm fine right now. And she didn't realize until she was into this relationship and fully in love with this guy that that would never work for her. You know, and that's the 3% rule. Like people, Sarah and Chase, I, I want to say this again. People who want deep love have to get clear of what deal killers are for them. You present the deal killer to the person you're in love with. You know, I don't say just run away. You say, hey, listen, I love you. I want to create this deep relationship. But the way that you spend money that gets us into trouble isn't going to work long term. If you're willing to get help with your emotional spending or your attraction to sexuality outside of me, or if you're if you're willing to get help to quit drinking or smoking or something, maybe this could work. But at the current state, it won't work. That's the strength I want our clients and all of your listeners to find. Yeah, that's such great information, and we've we've talked about this similar thing before, and you use the word deal killers, but another word for it could be values, and what what are your values, and it's about understanding yourself, and then communicating. First, you got to you know look within, understand what your deal killers are, understand your values, and then communicating them to your partner, or if you're dating or looking to date, like you like you mentioned, not getting these same type of guys or girls that you understand your deal killers and you're bringing, you understand them. So you're eliminating people before you even begin to date and not wasting your time. Oh my God. You know, we, we I did, I have uh, about 800 free videos on YouTube, all on this personal growth stuff. Right. And one of them we do, it, it's called machete dating. <laughs> Sounds dangerous. <laughs> it's, you know, and, and this is what we teach our clients. You know, we teach them to become machete daters. So when when you're clear on your deal killers and on your compatibilities, when you're really clear and you're going out into the world of dating, you have to be ready to let people go if they are resistant with any of your deal killers. Like, I don't care of the potential of someone. I don't, you know, like none of that matters. Oh, my God. But we're both Virgos. Good. I'm glad to hear that, you know, or or we both love to dance. I've got a great dance story. I'll tell you in a second. And I said, well, well, that's awesome. But he or she carries two of your deal killers. Unless those are resolved, moving forward is going to be impossible. And guys, after 30 years of seeing this become the reality, that's how we came up with the 3% rule of dating, because I continue to say to, to myself mainly like, What's going on here? You know, why are these people continuing to struggle to find deep love? And then we found this was the compatibility factors are great, but what isn't working is equally as important. At what point in a relationship or dating somebody do you bring up these, the 3% rule? So for example, let's say you've been dating someone for a couple of weeks and maybe asking if they want children is not, you know, something that comes up in the first date or so. At what point in their dating um, life do they say, hey, do you want children? You know, knowing that it is one of your deal breakers, when's the best time to bring those uh, topics up? Oh, Sarah, that's a great question. Well, you know what? I'm going to be point blank honest. Before you have sex, 
Okay. Yeah. You know, like, like yeah. don't screw around with the potential of, of a pregnancy out of your, your concept of intention. If you know for sure, you know, you don't know for sure where your partner stands with that. Now, you know, this might sound old fashioned, but, but you know, like if you know, you don't want children, then don't have sex until you are very clear you're with someone that doesn't want children. You know, I mean, condoms break. Um, the pill doesn't work sometimes. So we, we want to be very realistic and say, you know, before you move forward into something like the, the child question and you're going to have sex, you better be very clear. Does this person potentially even down the road, if you're the one want a child, do you want a child? And, and Sarah, it's a great question because, you know, having children or not having children could be a very viable deal breaker for people. Um, I, you know, I just mentioned the thing about the, the couple, you know, that were so in love with each other and they both wanted children. But the deal breaker was neither of them would budge on how the child was going to be raised regarding faith. So before you ha when it comes to, you know, children and, and these you, you want to make sure before you have sex that, you know, I'm clear what, what I want. That person's clear what, what they want now. For a lot of our listeners, they might be going, oh, my God, are you kidding me? Like before, like, what if we want to have sex on the third date? Well, you better be clear. Yeah, <laughs> you know? no, it, it may be a hard conversation to have and a little uncomfortable. But I think that's a that's a great point because you're going to save yourself a lot of heartache or frustration with, you know, then if you're having sex and taking that relationship to the next level and then you talk about the deal breaker and now they don't quite add up and now your emotions are a little bit more into it and you've wasted another couple months with the wrong person, save yourself the time, have the hard conversation and, and get ahead of the game. Yeah. And, and we're going to go back to machete dating, you know, even though it's a pretty brutal title, it says it the way it is, you know, which is the way we work in life and in, in our practice is that, you know, let's not play games. Let's make sure we're on the same page. If we see we're not on the same page, let's let's cut bait and walk away. Um, you know, there, there was a, a couple I mentioned dancing. You know, there was a, a couple that came in and they came in holding hands, hugging, kissing. I'm going, oh, my God, what are they doing in my office? You know, it's like they were all over each other. They've been dating for six months. The The, the chemistry was off the charts. And then we got down to talking and I said, hey, you know, you guys, you set up this appointment a month ago. You tried to get in earlier. You were rushing it. There's there's obviously something going on. But the way that you're interacting with each other is off the charts. Beautiful. What's happening? So then the girl spoke first and she said, you know, I, I am so in love with this man. We have all this compatibility. Uh, I am a part time tango dancer, meaning that once or twice a month, I'll go to a different city in our state and I'll compete not for money just because I love it. And he's very supportive. And I said, well, what's the problem? And she said, he he won't dance. He won't dance with me recreationally. Like I want a partner that wants to dance. And so she went off on all this thing about why it's important that he dance and why. And so then I looked at him and I said, you know, tell me your side. And he said, quite honestly, and she'll agree with me. On the very first date that we went out on, we kissed afterwards and it was passionate and it was crazy. And he said, as I was dropping her off, I looked at her in the eyes and said, I know how much passion you have for dancing. I just want to let you know, I will never dance one step in my life with you or anyone else. Wow. That seems kind of extreme. It was. Well, you know what, though, Sarah, you know what was good about it is that he knew what didn't work for him. And she, he said during that dinner, their first date, you know, she kept going on and on about how she loved tango and how she loved to dance. And he said, man, I better tell her. 
And, and they lasted for six more months after that? Yeah, they lasted for six months. And again, as they're in the office, you know, she said, can't you convince him just to dance once a month with me? And, you know, and I'm laughing and I go, oh, my Lord, no. Like wh- one of the cool things is that he knows how to draw boundaries and he isn't going to cross a boundary. He, I, he said he has a lot of integrity. And now it's up to you to decide if you can soften your side and understand that this guy has, you know, 97% of what you want, but is that a deal killer for you? And she looked at me and she says, it is. And the relationship ended that day. Now, some people will say that's harsh, that's wrong, that's whatever. But I say, you know what? We can't judge someone else's deal killers. Like, that's the beauty of it. It's a personal decision that we need to understand. We need to respect. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. But can you imagine the resentment on both sides if they stayed together for 10 years? Exactly. You know, and and you guys, you, know, you guys are really young. But I look back at the generations before me and people, they traditionally stayed together for 40, 50, 60 years when the other person had a ton of their deal killers. And that's what we're trying to shatter. Yeah. Yeah. And that's so sad, you know, because we see that in people's relationships and they're, they're compromising, they're compromising these deal killers and you might do it because, you know, you're passionate and you had that first kiss and you're really into this person and you know that like your example, they don't want to dance and you love the dance, but you go ahead anyways. But long-term you got to really know yourself, know these deal killers Long-term, you're not going to be happy. Yeah, it's right. And, you know, there is, and as we get older, you know, for people listening to us that are in their 30s and 40s and 50s and 60s, there are times when people say, you know, I really just don't want to have anything to do with kids. You know, my kids are older. They're grown. I sure as heck don't want to get involved with someone who has children. Um, that might sound harsh, but that's just where they are in life. Or maybe they've never had children purposely and they don't want to have children and they don't want to date someone with kids. But see, I respect that, Sarah and Chase. I I respect the fact that someone is so clear that they're not going to, quote unquote, allow the hormones of love or allow the fear of being alone to overrule their own inner logic. Yeah, yeah. And it's about being true to yourself. You know, I think really really taking a second, like you mentioned earlier, writing it down. Uh, if you're, if you're dating or you're single or if you're in a relationship, write these things down so that you can get on the same page as your partner or find a partner that you're on the same page with. There's 7 billion people on this planet. Okay. (laughs) That's a lot. Yeah. And, And a lot of times people hold on for dear life so that they don't have to be alone. You know, like I, oh, God, I just I, I had a, a first session yesterday with a woman who's 60 and she said, you know, I'm in this really crappy relationship. He doesn't give me the time of day, but I am petrified to go out and date. I don't want to go through it again. Now, there are 30 year old people and 40 year old people that say the same thing, you know, that they don't want to go back out and get back on Match.com or, you know, whatever other site. They don't want to go through the whole dance again. And so they settle. That was a word you used earlier, Chase. You know, they settle. They're unhappy. I can promise you this. Time heals nothing for people who have resentments. Have you worked with any couples that 
maybe looked past their 3%. And I know how you mentioned a lot of people that do, they'll end up resenting their partner. But have you worked with any couples that they've gotten over that deal breaker and had a successful relationship? Oh, constantly, Sarah. Great question. I, I, I could give you two examples right now. Um, a couple came in and uh, the woman said, that, you know, this guy is it. He's the one. Um, but he'll he'll admit that on Saturdays and Sundays he drinks too much. And and it interferes with us because, you know, on Saturday night he goes out and then all of a sudden, you know, once a month we get into some argument, not because there's an argument, but because he's drunk and I'm upset with him. And he admitted it. And so I said, OK, well, then, you know what, if you if he acknowledges that he has a problem and you acknowledge it's a problem for you, then you speaking to the woman, you're going to have to set a boundary and a consequence. You're going to have to say that here's the deadline. You need to get help if you stop drinking because she didn't drink at all. And he goes, she goes, if you stop drinking, because it's evident that when you go out with your buddies, you can't have one or two. If you stop drinking, we can stay together. It took about two or three weeks for him to think about it. He wasn't ready to do it right then. Two or three weeks later, he came into a session and said, you know what? She's worth it. He quit drinking. He went and got help. He quit drinking. That was two years ago. They're doing phenomenal. So, you know, we, we can look at people that have habits or have beliefs that may not be in sync. We can ask them or, you know, sometimes we have to just put it out there and say, as long as you continue with this, we aren't going to be a couple. It's up to you to change. And so we have people doing that. Absolutely. Um, you know, there, there's individuals we worked at in the area of faith that come from two totally different faiths that learn to accept the other person's faith as different than theirs. But it doesn't have to kill the relationship. Now, that takes two really big people. That takes two people that are willing to get humble, empathetic, compassionate, and in most cases to actually learn about their partner's faith so they have a greater understanding of where they're coming from. So Sarah, to answer your question, oh my Lord, if two people are serious about a deep loving relationship and they're willing to get humble and to drop that, the belief system or the habits that aren't serving their partner, yes, you can have two, you can have someone with one of your 3% rules who's willing to alter that rule, willing to alter their own beliefs or behavior and save the relationship. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that's it's important to know and to understand that if the partner is willing to work, if you're still learning, we had someone else on and we were talking about when do you know to end a relationship? And it was one of the main things was if you're not growing, if there's conflict and you're not growing and you're not learning, like if there's not movement, if you're just butting heads, if that other person isn't willing to develop and, and to try to understand maybe your different faith or, or the drinking and that person not willing to work on it, then it's not going to work. But like you said, if you can work through it and you're, you're open to it, then those deal breakers can be worked on and you can stay together. Yeah, yeah, you can. And and I think it's important that people understand that when we attract someone into our life who is holding up a red flag and saying, you know what, this isn't going to work for me. You're drinking or you're smoking or you're emotional spending or you're gambling or, you know, your attraction to sexual materials outside of me that gets in the way of our relationship, that they could be holding that red flag that, that really is not just their red flag, but it could be the next 10 people you try to date as well. So it's worth 
accepting the fact that someone says, hey, there's an issue here and taking a deep look at it and go, hmm, you know, this could be an issue that I need to let go of. The other thing that I want to mention is, is most people that find themselves in a situation of being in love. And remember, there's a scale. You know, this is so important. Some people just don't understand love past a two or a three. You know, other people are at a six, seven, eight or nine, and they have a much greater understanding. But if you find someone that has a deal killer, the odds of you overcoming that between the two of you is very small. This is where professional help is almost mandatory to help people learn how to negotiate, how to compromise in a way that's not threatening to the relationship. Yeah, that's that's all great information. And uh, I'm sure our listeners get a lot of value there. Now we're going to move forward into the lasting love round. We'll ask you a series of questions and you'll respond with great information to help set the foundation for a lasting relationship. All right. <laughs> what is one tool or practice our listeners can use on a daily basis to help improve their relationship? Listen without giving advice. You know, there's everyone has an opinion, and a lot of times our partner just needs to be heard. They don't need your opinion, they don't need your advice. They just need to be heard. We, we see this, guys, all the time in couples I work with. I was working with a couple yesterday. I'm, I'm in Florida. They're in New York, and they're on Skype. And, you know, every time the guy would say something, his wife would interject. Well, you know, but the better way to do it would be this. And you could see the dynamic right on the screen. You know, he, he, he never really had a chance. And this can happen both ways. It's not just the woman that's always interjecting. Guys love to solve problems. <laughs> even if there isn't one, even if their partner just wants to be heard. And so after a couple of minutes, I said, hey, time out, time out. I said, is there any way that you can let your husband talk for, let's say, 45 seconds without interjecting? And, you know, she looked at me and she said, what do you mean? And I said, well, since we've started every about 15 to 20 seconds, you're we call it stepping on lines, right? You're stepping on his lines. You're, you're he isn't asking for your advice. So one of the greatest things, Sarah, would be for people just to listen to acknowledge their partner's pain, discomfort, hurt, resentment without trying to fix it, heal it, or give advice. Is there a book or resource you can recommend for listeners who want to improve their relationships? Oh, my favorite is Five Love Languages. Um, it, it, it's, you know, to me, it's the Bible of, of relationships when people want to understand their partner. And, and let me say this, Chase, to even expound on that a little bit more. The Five Love Languages is a book that we have all of our clients read together. We have them reading for 15 minutes a night. One reads one page, one reads the next page, and it allows you to get to understand your partner. We're raised in a, in, in, in a culture where that our opinion is right. You know, that, that, that for most of us, you know, we want to hold on to our opinion. In the five love languages, you get a chance to understand that your partner probably has a very different love language than you. And if you can understand their love language by reading the book together, and it sounds so elementary, doesn't it? It's like something that, you know, fifth graders are doing. They're coming home at night and they're reading to their parents. But, but this is something that creates an intimate bond, spending time 15 minutes a night reading together. It, it's a form of intimacy. And when you alternate pages and take turns reading to each other, you're actually understanding that there's more than just your love language going on at the same time within this relationship. It's a perfect book. That's great. Well, we will be sure to add both of those 
resource or that book on our show notes page on idopodcast.com. And also listeners can get a free download of that book at audibletrial.com forward slash I do podcast. So they'll be sure to check that out as well. And I know you've mentioned you have a great book as well um, that uh, you have available on your website. Oh my gosh. Yeah. You know, it's our ninth book and um, it became our first number one bestseller, which is, is such an honor to have that happen. And it's really a unique book, guys. It, it's something I never thought I would write. The title, it just says it all. You know, even though I come from 30 plus years in the world of positive thinking, the book that's really hitting, you know, everyone uh, and knocking people over right now is this one. It's called Positive Thinking Will Never Change Your Life, but this book will the myth of positive thinking, the reality of success. Uh, people can get chapter one for free to see where we're coming from at our website, talkdavid.com. And in the book, you know, I share stories about uh, the soulmate myth, people that were chasing their soulmate for years. And when they dropped that soulmate chase, they found deep love. We have stories of clients that I've worked with that had an affair where there was an affair in the relationship. And we were able to help them through some very challenging exercises that they both did, not just come back together, but create a deeper love than they ever had before the affair. So there's all kinds of cool stories on, on how you know your, your, your mindset is important, but what you do is even more important when you're trying to create deep love or let go of resentments or create the body or money you want. And I think that's why the book hit number one so hard is because we actually give people hope through the exercises and all the stories in the book. Well, that sounds great. I know our listeners will really find some value in that book. So I'll be sure to add that to our show notes page so they can go to your website and get that free chapter and check it out and hopefully buy it. Awesome. That would be great. We've been married for almost two years now. Is there any advice you would give newlyweds? Kiss more often. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. You know, um, and, and I say that, but, and I'll tell you why. Uh, in a kiss and in a hug, there's a hormone in the brain release called oxytocin. Um, not to be conf confused with, with oxycodone. Um, oxytocin is, is called the bonding hormone. And the, what we've found in 30 years is that the more people have public displays of affection, the more they hold hands, the more they hug, the more they kiss – the more this drug is released. And it is a drug. It's a hormone. And what happens with that, guys, is that that creates a bond deeper. Now, women have a much higher propensity of oxytocin in their, in their body than men do. And, that, and, and the greatest release is during childbirth. But outside of that, relationships can be um, grounded and deepened much more quickly by people doing something in action versus their words, which I mentioned earlier. You know, I love you is awesome and say I love you all, all you can. But more importantly than that is the touching of someone's hair and brushing it when you're walking in the vegetable aisle, the, the, the grabbing someone's hand when you're getting out of the car or getting into the car. Those type of just slight physical displays of, of affection release more oxytocin, which creates a greater bond between two people. I love that. What advice would you give our single listeners who are looking for a happy relationship? 
Oh, well, number one is know your deal killers, you know, like take the time. I mean, Sarah Chase, you guys have been very, very awesome in allowing us to explore something that a lot of people don't talk about. So I would say for all of our listeners, if you're single, take the time to write out what does not work, what is not acceptable. You you know, like this is crucial. I'd say that number one. Number two is that expose yourself, and I don't mean that physically, expose yourself to as many potential partners as possible. It's one of the reasons why we encourage online dating and and online sites. In in our society, even though it's incredible that we can travel the speed of light and be in Hong Kong in, in 18 hours and all this other kind of stuff, a lot of us have become very isolated. The workplace, which used to introduce you to all kinds of partners, a lot of people are working from home, a lot of people have part-time jobs, it's not the same. So I would say number one, know your deal killers. Number two, expose yourself to as many people as possible without committing right away. Take your time, get to know people. Those are probably the two of the most important things, guys, I could share for our single listeners. If you're, you're, you're needy, If you're rushing into love, you're going to be doing that pattern for a very long time. Break it now. Well, that's some awesome advice, David. Thank you so much for coming on to our show today and for just giving that awesome knowledge that you have. So let's take a minute, tell our listeners where they can find you, and then we'll say goodbye. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Talkdavid.com is the website. T-A-L-K-David.com. You can get, you know, chapter one of our number one best-selling book there for free. You can also look at, we've got a lot of other things on the site for free too, that people can download and watch videos and, and, and all that. So if they go to talkdavid.com, um, there's, there's enough information to keep people busy for about six and a half or seven years. Uh, so (laughs) they'll be they'll they'll be good to go awesome we'll study up and our listeners know that they can find all the information and links to today's episode on idopodcast.com go to the podcast tab and you'll be in the archives and again david thanks so much for joining us and for taking the time to come on our show today Sarah Chase, you guys are wonderful hosts thanks for all your positive energy and if i can help in the future i would love to Hey guys, I hope you enjoyed the show. Remember to listen for about another 30 seconds and you'll hear the full song Crazy from the Hip Abduction. And we look forward to bringing you much more awesome, groovy music from this band that we love. Enjoy. Hi, Sarah here. We hope you enjoyed the show. If you'd like to support the podcast, you can do so through Patreon, Amazon, or Audible.com. All the links are on the bottom of our show notes page on idopodcast.com and in the description for this episode. Also, if you haven't done so already, please subscribe on iTunes. We appreciate it so much. Thanks. So
You are listening to a Pleasure Podcast. For more from our Sex Podcast Collective, visit pleasurepodcasts.com.